and the narrow neck where the grains follow through is right now. From the top chamber to the bottom chamber, and the sand that's flowing through is the narrow place right now. Each grain of sand flows through the passageway in its order. The moment is an hourglass. We're in a moment of the hourglass. And how we get through that narrow place and the order of it is very important. The sand takes specific time to trickle to one chamber to another. The introduction is where you start and the conclusion is where you end. But the narrow place is where you are. I believe as a church, we're in the narrow passage. And we must narrow our focus for the impact. Do you feel pressure? <laughs> you started here and you're going to end here. How you end, you're going to either end in eternity or you're going to end in destruction and hell. Bottom line, that's what it says. But right now, we're in the narrow place. The sand is dripping, trickling in order. How you get through the narrow place is going to be the most important thing in your life. I want you to be seated. And I, I want you to please hear what's about to be said. Thank you, worship team. I appreciate you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Listen. I know that I know they work very hard. You can't do something and just play around with it and not have an effect of something. When you do what you're supposed to do, there's an effect of something. We must narrow our focus for the impact. That's not easy words. That's not easy words when you have to narrow your focus. Does any of you feel very narrow? Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody's going to help me preach today. I'll preach to myself. God already spoke to me. He said, you can't get up there and say what you need to say without you being where you need to be. It's a narrow place. It's a narrow gate. The church is in a place and God, God really spoke to me. And I said, man, God, this church is in a narrow place. He said, no, the church is in a narrow place, daughter. It's corporately the church. And as I started studying and I started, God really spoke to me. And he said, you're going to bring the hourglass because we're in a time and we're in a season Personally, you're in a time and you're a season. Corporately, we're in a time and we're in a season. Nationally, we're in a, come on somebody, we're in a time and a season. This, this region is in a time and season, but this nation, this country, 
tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. We're in a time and we are in a season. I want you to go with me to Matthew. If you have your Bibles, if you have your phones, please don't scroll. Just do it. <laughs> you know what? You know what's funny, Brandon? And some of you, if you don't know, this is the senior pastor of this house, Brandon, Pastor Brandon. That's my son. I mean, his mama. He bears straighten up. No, I'm just kidding. But you were talking about scrolling and, and Pastor Sam and Jen, and we were talking about, you know, be careful how you just scroll all the time, and, you know, you don't get your time in with God. You don't. And I'm telling you, I was walking the other day, and he said, Instead of scrolling, why don't they look at my scroll? He said, if they want to scroll, won't they scroll through this? And the only person that can open the scroll is the perfect blood of the Lamb. His name is Jesus Christ. If you don't know anything about it, he's the one that's going to open up the scrolls. And there's going to be things that are going to be unlocked in the heavens that are going to come like we've never seen before. We are seeing the time and the season. If you are not in sync with the time and season, be careful where you are. God said we need to narrowly focus. Matthew 7, verse 12. Verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy. Enter by the narrow gate, for the other gate is wide and, it, and it's very easy. It leads to destruction. And those who enter in by it are many. What? Those who go by the high way is many. The narrow place, there's only a few. A few? For the gate is narrow and the way is hard. Right here, right here. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard. I'm not going to tell you, hey, you know what? When you give your heart to Jesus Christ and you get in and you do what you need to do, it's going to be so easy. Oh, you're going to love it. No, when you get to give your heart to Jesus Christ, it's not going to be easy. It's hard. But it's worth it. It's worth being in that narrow place. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Listen to it in the message. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Don't look for shortcuts to God. Hello. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. This is, this is the word. Even though crowds of people are doing it. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and it requires total attention. Hello. Narrow focus. The way to God requires total, uh, total attention. You know, isn't it funny how, you, like in the Marines or in the 
th and thank you for serving, sir. Right back there. Sir, thank you for serving in the Marines. I appreciate you, whoever has served. I'm telling you, I was talking to you. And you know how they said, attention! And all of a sudden, you, you see them snap. And they look straight forward. Where's the church when you say, attention! Uh, what? I'm good. I can do whatever I want. I can be whoever I want. I'm good. Even the church. Some people are not in this narrow way. Tick, tock, tick, tock. This thing, this thing is running out. Guys, I'm just telling you. And if you just look at everything and watch how all the things are unfold. And I'm not trying to give you bad news. I'm trying, uh, <laughs> it's lining up with the word of God. Everything is aligning. It is narrowing down. Remember what it said. Don't look for shortcuts to God. See, sometimes we've done so many shortcuts in our life before we ever served God that we think that in the familiar we can just go ahead and do shortcuts. The marketplace is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life. Easygoing formulas. First of all, I don't want any formulas, let alone easygoing. See, we don't, we don't like the hard press. Hard press is not easy. We would rather just scoot that aside and say, you know what, I just want, I'm just going to take this easy path because I'm over taking it so pressed. Paul pressed. Jude pressed. Matthew pressed. Jesus Christ pressed. Narrow down what you desire. Narrow down in your mind your thoughts that please the Lord. Narrow down what you desire. See, sometimes we just desire this and we desire that and we can do this and we can do... Narrow down and get focused. The borders of the roads are marked with radical honesty. Come on, somebody. The narrow place is marked with radical honesty. you got to be radically honest with yourself. You know, we can put something on Facebook and we can make it look whatever. You got beautiful eyes and you got longer eyelashes and you got, and you look like you got ran over by a truck. But you can put this image out to make it look like I got it all together. You don't have radical honesty. We're going to have to be real with ourselves to say, you know what? I can look, I can look at you and say, I'm telling you right now, physically I'm not doing good. Hello. But he's good. And no matter the press, he's good. But through this narrow place, it's marked with honesty. Willingness to endure. Willingness to endure whatever it is I'm going through. This narrow place. We move from fragmentation, listen, to transformation. Some of you feel fragmented. Some of you feel broken. And you feel like, I don't know if I can go any farther to get through to this narrow place. 
How am I, am I supposed to turn sideways? Is somebody supposed to oil me down? How am I going to get through that? Surrender. It's called surrender. From fragmentation to transformation. There are few that will find this narrow place. You know, isn't it something that, you know, you could be with your family and you can be with people or you can be outside of your family and you can be at the grocery store, you can be wherever it is. And there's times I, I would tell Pop, I'd look over at him and we were at a restaurant and most people weren't looking at each other. They were all looking down, scrolling on their phones. Honest to God. And I said, look around, Pop. He said, what's going on? I said, nobody's talking to each other anymore. I said, we've lost something. Even though they're talking with their thumbs and they're talking to somebody else when you're with your wife sitting at a restaurant, but you're talking to all these other people and you can't even talk to your own. We've lost something in this country. We've lost something in ourselves. You know what I did? I decided, when you talked about scrolling, I decided to say, you know what, I'm not going to scroll. I might put something from the church and snap it up there and say, hey, you know, make sure you come. Or, but I'm not scrolling into things. I, I don't have time. It keeps you from being narrow-minded. Many are immune to the grace of the narrow way. They want nothing to do with it. There's too much to offer in the broad place. You can be whoever you want. You can do whatever you want. They're open-minded to whatever. Have we, are we at a place that this country is open-minded to whatever? You can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. It's a broad place. And you know, you know how they always say when the, when the streams are running and the, and the stones are running down and the streams are running down and you're going the opposite way? Do you feel like that our nation is going one way and you're turning around and all the water's flowing, but you're turned around walking the other way to what God wants. It's a narrow place. The broadness of this country is unbelievable. We always want to just scoot it aside and say, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's crazy. I'm just going to be, do me. I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't want the press. Oh, there's a press to this right here. This is a narrow place. And only a few will enter this place. Shakes me to my core. And I told, I told my husband when we were at that restaurant, I said, if Jesus Christ came right now, how many of these people would Go. If Jesus Christ came right now, how many people would go here? Everything always looks okay. I'll just be me. I'm not going to get into all that other stuff. And sometimes when we just say we're going to be me and we don't decide to go to that narrow place too, it says it's a hard place. 
and only a few will find it. They will endure the humiliation of honesty. Listen, the ones in the narrow place. They will endure the humiliation of honesty. They will face the despair of hell and give thanks. Come on, somebody. They will, dis- they will face the despair of hell and give thanks. They will forgive all. What? What? That's what it says. That's what this, this is what this narrow thing says. They are signpost. Are you a signpost? Are you a signpost for the coming of the Lord? Are you a signpost to say, I'm going to stand in the midst of destruction? I'm going to stand and be honest in the midst of the craziness that's going on. I'm going to stand in that narrow place when nobody else is going to stand in that. You might have to be the only one in your family standing in that narrow place. Is that easy? No. I'm not going to ever tell you that this right here is easy. This narrow place is not easy. But it's worth it. Because great is the other side. We are signpost. Our assurance of our struggle is never wasted. The narrow is not a delusion, it's an awakening. Come on, somebody. The narrow place is not a delusion, it is an awakening. What? Guess what? Everything that's going to come out of my mouth, you will have a responsibility to do what you need to do, not me. Because see, this narrow path... People think it's a delusion. The country thinks it's a delusion. Are you kidding me? You're standing for what? You're standing by faith? (laughs) Are you kidding me? So people think it's a delusion when in reality it's an awakening. But is this place easy? No, this place right here is not easy. How you came in is how you're going to come out. You were birthed through a narrow place. You'll leave through a narrow place. Now you'll either go with a destruction of hell or you're going to go to eternal life. There's no shortcuts. You work out your salvation. I can't work out your salvation for you. You work out your salvation. If you don't work out your salvation, then the narrow place will be lost. Hello. Tick, tock, tick, tock. Who's going with you? Who's going with you? Was that easy for the disciples? Paul, I'll be back. I don't know when I'll be back, but I got to go follow Jesus. And whatever he wants and however he wants it. You know, Paul got knocked off of his horse. Thinking he was all that in a bag of chips. 
But when he got off of his, knocked off of his horse, he was blind for three days. And guess what happened? He came to a narrow place. Was that easy for him to come to that narrow place? He was blind. He couldn't see anything. You know what? That wouldn't be easy to be blind. But would it be worth it? It's not easy when you have physical things that are going on. It's not easy when you've lost your job. It's not easy when, come on somebody. But it, will it cause you to come to a narrow place? You ever walk through a cave? I was talking to Pastor Brandon. And when me and him went to Israel, I think he was 17. Young lad. Now what happened? Anyway. No, 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 no. Tick tock, tick tock. Now he's 42. But he went with me to Israel. You know what I'm saying? Look at, look at time. It's going like this. I turn around and I'm like, what? What just happened? Time is like this. It's like a, it says it's like a vapor. What you do with what you have is very important. Every day. I get up and I said, I'm going to live this day to the fullest. Is my physical trying to tell me different? It's trying to tell me different. But my spirit said, nope, I'm going to live this day to the fullest. Is it narrow? It's so narrow. And I started telling, talking to Brandon and I said, remember when we was in Israel and I was flying out to go to Istanbul through, from Israel. And the, some of the team was left in Israel and I had to leave my son. You talk about putting me in a narrow place. I said, I can't leave my son in a different country. He's only 17 years old. Tick tock. And a pastor walked up to me and he said, you need to cut the umbilical cord and let him grow. I remember getting on that flight. It was, it was a jet. We was only going from Israel to Istanbul, Turkey. And when I came back, I said, I said, how'd you do? He said, oh, I led the whole team, the, uh, all the intercessors. I led them through, the, through a cave underground. In what? You know, when you let go of certain things, you're going to let things grow. When you let go of certain things, even though it feels pressed and even though you feel like you got it all going on or you feel like that you need to hold that, let go of that because it will grow. See, sometimes we try to put other people in this narrow place when God's trying to put you. Um, you know, you're, you're your own personal. You make your own decision, just you, all by yourself. You have to make your decision. Isn't it funny how we try to wait for somebody else to get in? It, well, no, if you would go, I'll go. But if you take that step, I'll take that step. No, you have your own mind. You have your own decision to what, you, what you're supposed to do. Brandon said, you know what, Mom? The water got really deep. We got in the cave. And you know when you get in a cave and you get all the way in there, there's no turning back. You're going to have to go through. He said, Mom, the water started getting deeper and deeper. He said, now I'm leading all this 
I don't know how many of the prayer team, these people came to pray for Israel, and my son is leading it. I said, how'd you get to lead that? I think it was 100. Yeah. 100 of them. And he, he ended up with water coming. He has a turn, and he knows it's going to be narrow, but he's the one that's leading that. Not knowing, come on somebody, not knowing that when he was 17, he was trying to do something in the narrow place so he could do the narrow now. See, sometimes in your life you've been through narrow places, but God wants to use that for his good. He wants to use that for his glory. Whether you lost somebody, come on, somebody. The narrow place looks good when the water's shallow and when you can look up and it's real high. And that's what happened when I went into Hezekiah's tunnel. It was real shallow, barely on my feet, and... They dug that thing out so high, it was unreal. But as I got deeper into the tunnel, the water kept going up and the ceiling kept going down. There was a time where I had to lean down and there's a hundred people behind me going forward to the other side to get into Jerusalem. If you read the story of Hezekiah, how he dug that out to bring fresh water into the city during some uh, battles. Um, But you can't go back. There's no turning around. You have to go through. And... that moment you could almost freak out in a narrow place anybody in this room claustrophobic just saying cool let's go um but but in that moment you got to have god help you through that because the narrow place in your personal life you feel that tightness when just like i don't know if you caught what my mom said you was born in a narrow place coming out of the womb and God's going to take you to a narrow place. You know, you're, you're going to go through birthing stages in your life. You die to your flesh. You live by the Spirit. You accept Christ. There's a narrow place to open you back up. But then there comes a time of growth where it takes you through a narrow place to open you back up somewhere else. But if you don't go straight through it, you're going to keep going back and repeating the same stuff you was going through. Until you decide, I can get through this narrow place. And nobody else can do it. There was no side-by-side in this narrow place. I'm just physically telling you, but this is spiritually too because you can't just hold hands with the buddy and and lock arms and go side-by-side. It's one in front of the other because only one could get through and then the next one will go through. Well, it's like the camel. You know, you can't... When, when they got to a narrow place, they had, to start, they had all their stuff and it was all loaded on the camel and all of a sudden they had to start taking everything off of it and start unloading it because they couldn't get everything that they thought they could get in through the narrow place. So they had started undoing everything. See, sometimes you're going to have to start undoing everything so you can get to that. It's difficult. Yeah, because it, it's difficult. You, Mom, you pack baggage. You pack it. And... and there's, what she's saying is trying to get through a narrow place. A camel has so much on its back. But eventually you have to take stuff off so you can go further. If not, you're going to be stuck in that same position. And you'll make camp where God never designed for you to make camp. That's right. But he will provide if you just leave some stuff behind so you can go forward. And that's where I think people are at times that are afraid to take the narrow place. But they'll like the wide six-lane road thinking, that man, that's going to be a great idea. No, well, that great idea is going to come with a lot of baggage and a lot of hurt and a lot of problems until you decide to say, you know, I need to go in that narrow place because God is trying to get me into a different place because I, I, I need some strength. But how am I going to get strength unless I go through something to strengthen me? What if the narrow place is the way of suffering? Hello? 
so you can truly come to another place in Christ. Just like Jesus. He said, the joy that is set before me, he endured the cross. He even went through the narrow place. He was the greatest example of saying that the joy is set before me. I can go through that place. You know what's happening? We don't have no joy to set before us. We just think, oh my goodness, there's no way. I can't, I can't do that. That's too narrow. No, that's too much. No, I'd have to give away. I'd have to let go of too much. You know what's crazy is that the joy that was set before him was you. Yeah. You were his joy. Yeah. That was the only reason he could endure the cross to see you free. That you're the joy that was set before him was your freedom. So you can be here today and live in freedom. I guess the question you would have to ask is, are you living free? Are you living bound? He set you free from it. Get through the narrow place so he can unlock all those things and take you somewhere. It's not comfortable. No. It's not. But it's healthy. He wants you there. Because why? Because you can't look to the left or right. You can't rely on mama. You can't rely on so-and-so. You just have to rely on God. And that's the only way through. And that's all he's ever desired. Will you just make me king of all? Lord of all? Until then, you will keep going around with all these other people and all these other things and everybody petting your stuff until you decide to say, I just want God as king of all. And he says, good, let's get to the narrow place so I can see if you do. We're in a tight place for a reason. Our circumstances are purposeful. Absolutely. Not accidental. We are constrained by the love of the Father. Huh. We are constrained by the love of the Father in a tight place. Psalms 25, 17 in the message. It says, my heart and my mind are fighting each other. A call, a other, a call truce to the civil war. My heart and my mind are fighting each other. Call a truce to the civil war. David is shouting, bring me out, bring me out. I'm in distress. Is that our plea? But what if the way out is to go further in through the straight gate? What if your way out is in? Here's David, and he's struggling, and he's going, man, you're going to have to get me out. I'm in distress. You're going to have and he's like, but what if I want to bring you here? Yeah. I guess the question, Mom, is I'm, I wasn't even going to speak with you. I'm no, go ahead. Here, so how many are going through it right now? Just be honest. Yeah. For real. Good. Keep going. Because mm -hmm. the only way through is through. <laughs> I'm going through it good because there's something on the other side. You, you hear that story, like, you always hear that statement, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Man, I'm just going through it good. Keep going. You'll get there. Don't stop. Yeah. Don't turn around. You talk about going through, you definitely go, go through if you go backwards. Just keep going through. He's right there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. It might seem dark, but look for the shadow because the light's there. Well, the straight gate, listen, straight means adversity, distress, hardship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? I don't like none of them words. No. The narrow means pressed together, afflicted, confined, hemmed in tight, pressed hard. 
right here. Pressed hard, confined. You ever feel? Oh, man. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that feeling of being pressed. Have you ever been in a position like where you were seriously like in a confined spot? Has anybody physically been in a confined spot? Like you need, a, you need to be oiled up like some fried chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like to get through that. Does that feel weird or what? Like that is the weird. But you know you're, there's no way but you've got to get through that. Like there's a determination in your mind because you feel stuck for physically. And you're like, I got to get, I, I got I to gotta do whatever I can to slide through this. Because if not, what's going to happen? Anxiety. You're going to have a panic attack. All this stuff will happen if you don't calm your mind and have determination in your, in your mind to say, I can get through that. Because it is tight. It, 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 those moments are weird. But you can get through it. You just got to calm down. Because the worst case scenario that people do is they just start flailing. <laughs> they start doing weird stuff and then it makes it worse. And you're just like, calm down. Turn just a little bit. You can get through this. Well, I was just thinking just now about the Passover lamb and how before the lamb of God came, Jesus Christ, they would go get a perfect lamb and they would tie its legs and they would tie to get it to the altar. And I don't think, and I say this, Jesus Christ didn't have to be tied up to go to the cross. He surrendered to the Father and what the Father was saying to do the things that he needed to do. He could have called a legion of honor. He could have angels. called, but he didn't. And I think he's trying to say, I'm, I don't want to tie up your legs. I'll, I'll break your legs if I have to and put you around my neck. I will, I'll do that. I mean, it says that. But I think he wants us to surrender in a, in a place so we can go through the place. You know what? Confinement is not funny. That's not a hardship, difficulty, them are worth. This is what this is what this says it means. Jesus was very clear that all stand at the crossroads, the power of two ways. Listen. There were two paths in front of us, a wide path and a narrow path. There were two gates, two roads, two groups of people. Two destinations, two types of gates, narrow and wide. Two types of trees, good and evil. Two houses, one built on the rock, one built on the sand. The power of two ways means you must make a decision. There's no third option. If you don't decide him, you've decided against him. Anyone that says the narrow place is easy with no tribulation and pain is preaching a false gospel. Uh-oh. This is the truth. Well, you, it's how you look at it because when you think of the word confinement, you think of somebody's in trouble. You think you've been locked up. You think all these things. And you but, feel like you want to rescue them. Yeah, and, and so when you feel like that, you, you're like, well, why would that be the right path? I don't want to feel like that. Am I in trouble? What, God, is God disciplining me? And, and it's like, no, he's trying to take you somewhere so he can grow. He's trying to develop you. He's trying to grow you. He's trying to strengthen. You know, God, use me. You know, we're like, use me, God, and then you feel so used. You know what I mean? Like you pray about, like, God, use me to see as you see fit, and then you get used, and you're like, God, I feel so used. Help me. And you're praying against your own prayer request. You know what I mean? Like it's weird, but 
that confinement is it's a mindset. You got to quit thinking of it negative, then think of it positive. The good through that narrow place. That's, you mean I get to do this? You mean I get to do this? What's on the other side you of mean, narrow? You, you know what I mean? Well, look what Paul said. Romans 8, 18. Paul said, I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy comparing with the glory that's about to be revealed in us. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to shout right there. I consider that the suffering of this present, right now, right here, right now, that the suffering of this present time is not worth compare. It doesn't even compare to the glory that's about to be revealed in us. And I kept hearing the Lord say, in us, daughter, in us. That we're going, we're not doing this not only personally, we're doing this corporately. He said this wasn't this church. He said it was the church. We're going through the narrow place. When the water breaks in your life and you face unexpected difficulties that you didn't see coming, whether illness, relationships that didn't work out, your job, your home, your loss, And you say, how is this going to work out? How is this going to get better? All hell's breaking loose. Guess what that's a sign of? That's a sign you're about to give birth to something new. It's It's a sign that you're about to go to another place. We're about to go to another place in this church. The church has to come to this place. It's going to come whether we like it or not. It has to come through here. Because wide and the destruction and all the things that are taking place, we must get. And and, and I'm telling you, like he said to me, he said, this is going to be a responsibility that when you drop the mic, they have a responsibility of what was just said to them. Well, people will choose to go and people will choose to leave. Yeah. They'll choose to turn around. I mean, it's just in general. That's just how it is. Some are like, I ain't got a time for that. Or, oh, you're crazy. Or that's not right. And they'll just leave and then watch them go through hell and, and, and a mountain for so many years for no reason. And all they had to do was just go through that narrow place. National Geographic, I saw this one video. It's been a while. It, it was a tight place that somebody had to get into or something, and they videoed it. But on the other side was just like this water hole with this huge waterfall. It was the most beautiful thing. But people wouldn't go because they just feel like, I don't know if I can get through there. And just like, if you just get through... You're going to see the most amazing thing. The most amazing things are going to happen. Just get through there. Let God lead you. Let God be your source. Put all your trust. What is the script? We've said this scripture so many times about trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understandings in all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. But he keeps saying, I want to do a new thing. I want to put new roads in places there's never been, new rivers in places. Get your boat ready. Get your car ready. You're about to drive on something new. But you've got to trust so that you can and get out yeah. of your head. But sometimes that's a narrow place because he's trying to take you somewhere new. Well, trauma indicates transition. And I know, I I kept saying, God, how am I going to speak to these men when I'm talking about birthing? Because women know. If you've ever had a child, Macy. She had a child? Three. There's another one on the way. There's no, you know what I'm saying? But 
it is trauma before there's transition. There, there, is, a, there is an intense narrowing that has to... Isn't it interesting how God had sent His only begotten Son into the womb of Mary so she could deliver and push through the womb. Come on, somebody. Jesus Christ's head was down in the womb to be pushed through. Do you know? And I kept thinking about this because God kept saying narrow focus. Our head has to go through this thing before anything else has to go through. Our minds have to be in order to get through this narrow place. Have I been this way before? I've never been this way before. Is everything saying the opposite of what I, what I want to do by the Spirit of God? All the other physical things are saying something completely opposite. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to stand in this narrow place. And I'm going to give birth to a new thing. See, the easy road says conform, conform. Yeah. Conform, yeah. conform. God's saying, I'm trying to take you to a narrow place so you can transform, yeah. transform, transform, transform. And too many times we see churches and Christian people that read the word of God and they're conforming and they're turning a blind eye and they're, they're just doing whatever. It's like, oh, it's no big deal. It's just what it is now. I mean, it's just normal now. It's just what it is. And God's trying to say, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm taking you to a narrow place. The destruction's going to, I need to take you to it. It's not that you're, God's trying to take you somewhere so you can build those spiritual muscles so when you face it, that light's shining brighter. And you can stand to withstand all those crazy things that happen. He's taking it. The new thing is called impact. Yeah. We're going from one place to another. You're going to go from one place to another. What? No, I've been here. I've been here for the last 25 years. I've been hurt. I remember when God healed me. When I had abandonment and rejection from losing my mom at 16. So I held on to that. I, it was like a magnet. Everybody that had rejection and abandonment, I was connected to. I held on to that. I had bags that were so heavy and carrying all the stuff. You drug me through that. Drug him through that. That's not nice. But the age of 39, I got set free. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you're not going to hear me. I gave my heart to the Lord at 26. I renewed my, I gave my heart to the Lord at eight years old. And then when I was 16, I lost my mom. Come on, somebody. I went the other way. I was mad. How could I lose anything so precious? I went the other way for 10 years. Gave my heart and renewed my mind at ages, age 26. But I didn't get deliverance till I was 30. Come on, somebody. Till I was 39. What? You gave your heart to the Lord at 26, so everything's good. No, I gave my heart to the Lord, and I still carry baggage. And everything around me connected. Isn't it funny how you go through something, and everything around you is like a magnet. It will connect to you. Why is somebody keep coming up to me, and they got rejection, and they got the abandonment? I got rejection. I can't, I can't, I can't help that person. I can't even help myself. But then I went through a narrow place. And God healed that. No. Do I remember certain things? I do. But God healed me. 
And I had to go through that narrow place. And there's some of you that you've been, you've given your, you've been saved for a long time, but some of you still need to go through this narrow place. There's some of you that still need to be healed in your emotions. There's some of you that need to be healed in your mind. Second Corinthians 4.17 says, Paul says, the light afflictions are for a moment, yet they work in us eternal weight of glory. Well, some of you have a light affliction. Some of you have affliction. Some of you don't have no answers to anything that you're putting in front. I don't care if it's doctors. Can't. And you're still standing saying, okay, God, whatever you want to do, even these light afflictions, listen, they're going to work for the eternal weight of glory. They're going to work for your good. What you're going through is temporary. The birthing, the narrow place doesn't last forever. Come on. See, see, you make it last forever because you, all you do is keep thinking about what was and what I didn't have and what I could have had and what I... You make it long. In the narrow place, there's only a birthing and then it's finished. The joy, you got your child. You're holding in your breast, flesh to flesh, skin to skin. Does it feel uncomfortable? Absolutely. Is it worth it? Absolutely. There's a purpose for every challenge. And most of the time, you can see the challenge, but you can't see the purpose. Come on, somebody. I'm going right there for a minute. Most of the time, you can see the challenge in front of you. But you can't see the purpose of what this is. Just like you said, Brandon, when you said it, it was... You just saw that on a, on a video or on TV or whatever, and it was a narrow place. And it was destruction. But on the other side, there was palm trees, and there was beauty. And sometimes we see the challenge of the narrow place, but we can't see the purpose of it. Just stay focused. Because a purpose will come. Oh. But listen to the Father. You might not, however that goes, just keep coming. You're good. Just take your time. Yeah. Come on. Hear my voice. Follow my voice. Follow my voice. You ever had to do that to a child? Come on. It's okay. Come here. You're good. And what's he do? He embraces you. You did it. You did it. Well, the problem is visible. Yeah. But the purpose is hidden. Well, the hard part of it is that, like, even with children and people you love, going through the narrow place... Like I said, you can't go side by side, and there's times you can't even hold hands with somebody behind you. The one you love the tunnel, most. When I was in that tunnel, you couldn't hold hands with somebody or grab somebody behind you because you're holding on to the, what you were trying to get through. You're trying to get through it. So that there is hard enough to say, I have to let this person go. But see, the problem is visible. See, and what we got to be careful with is... So focused on the problem, we don't see the purpose. So then we get stuck because we're, we're so focused on what the problem is. And let me tell you, when a doctor's going like this, making you a phone call, and they're saying one thing about you, you got to go, uh-oh, there's, there's a visible problem. They're saying there's a visible problem with me. I'm glad Pop's not in here because he'd say, yep, there's a problem with you. Anyway. He's in the back doing the kids' ministry. Look at him preaching. But, th 
that even though somebody's in your ear saying there's a visible problem, sometimes the purpose is hidden that you don't see, but you've got to go by faith that you're going to get through this narrow place. So what you've got to be careful with is just looking at the problem instead of looking at the purpose. He said it was for the weight of his glory. Paul said, this light affliction that I'm carrying doesn't even compare to the glory of God. So then you go, okay, now I'm going to stand in the word. This problem that's going on, this affliction that's going on is not going to compare to the glory and the purpose of what God's going to do through it. God will not mismanage your life. He will not allow things to happen that don't, don't somehow move you towards your destiny. He will not. He will not mismanage your life. He knows the end from the beginning. What's your beginning and what's your end? The water's breaking. The storm, the storm in your your life indicates the breaking of water. It indicates there's a purpose, that something is getting ready to happen. And you know what's so interesting is all of a sudden, I went through a narrow place. I'm just telling you, to be honest, and when I heard all these things about my physical body, I'm telling you, I didn't say, Deb, I didn't say, Oh, well, praise the Lord. I wept. I wept. I called Brandon and Jen and I wept. I said, this is what they're saying. I wept. And all of a sudden, something shifted in me. I said, wait a minute. I have a purpose. I'm not done yet. I'm not going out that way. I'm not going out that way. And you have to literally shift. I'm in the car with Pop, and all of a sudden I get another phone call from another doctor. And he said, what'd they say? And I go, you got to hang on a minute because i got to get back to the narrow place. The only person that can do that is you. No matter what you're going through, the only person that can do that is you. You have to do that. Everything can be distracted all the way around you. You know what? I want, if I could, Chandra, could you just take all the ones that's going to be baptized? I feel that. You know, the storm means there's a breaking of water. If you're getting ready to be baptized, I want you to, she's going to go stand right at that door, right over there. Macy, I want you to go get them children. I want them to be in here. Mom, I got to. Go ahead. Something just came to me on this. This is crazy. You're talking about the narrow place, and the narrow place can look different in different ways, okay? Just pay attention. I know there's people moving around, but I need you to hear me. There's a scripture. I'm just going to read it to you. It says in, um, it's in Acts 9, but it says in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord said, told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Saul. 
for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come to a place and lay hands on him and restore his sight. Now this is Saul converting to Paul off his high horse, blinded. Ananias has got told to go to Straight Street. Now the craziest part about this is that you have no idea in these moments what your narrow place looks like. So you're telling me the man who's writing and, and giving letters to kill Christians, I'm a Christian and I'm going to go lay hands on this Christian killer and restore his sight. Go down straight street. A nice straight path looks like a street to destruction. But you never know in that straight street what God is going to do in a narrow place to set you free and to set other people free. Because of Ananias' obedience to get into a narrow place in himself, it has changed the entire New Testament. It has changed the, the letters to the church. It has changed everything because of a straight street moment that Ananias had to have with God to say, I'm going to take you to a narrow place. And I'm telling you right now, this one's going to be real narrow because the guy you're going to lay hands on is the one coming to kill you. Yeah. But I changed his life. Can you get into a narrow place? Can and can you trust me? me? So when you lay hands in my name, he's going to restore, his sight is going to be restored, his vision's going to be restored, his mind's going to be made new, and he's going to come with different letters writing the entire New Testament, or most of it. Your narrow place just might help set somebody free, and that person just might be the one that's going to change history. Well, your narrow place that you had when you were 17 years old is now speaking through here to the narrow place. And I got to say, you know, I was talking about focus, narrow focus. And I want you to hear this, Jen, because you confirmed something to me. I've talked about the straight the difficulties, the pressure. But I didn't say about focus. Narrow focus. Focus in the Hebrew means fire and altar. It's the root word that means rays of light refracted by the lens. In the midst of the narrow place, we must keep our focus. In the midst of the narrow place, which is the fire, it's the refiner's fire. This right here is the, the narrow place where we are focusing. And focus means fire, means the altar. It means that we need to get to that place of surrender. I know we're getting ready to do a baptism, and I know there's, there's the shift to that, but I know that there is a shift in this room. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. Close your eyes. Hey, look at me. Shh. Close your eyes. 
Close your eyes. Thank you. I just want to, I just want to ask if there be anyone in this room. Isn't it funny that this is almost finished? This narrow, this hourglass is almost finished. And if you're in this room and you've never, maybe you need to rededicate your life or you've never, ever, ever accepted him as your Lord and Savior. And you, you know that you're, you're in a narrow place and you don't know how to do this in yourself, but you can do it through Christ. I want you to raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Honest. If you're in a place that uh, you're in a narrow place, but you've not allowed him to be your grace. I want you to stand with me for a minute. Stand with me for a minute. Come on. Stand up. Stand up. We're going to do this song first before we ever open that up. Because, see, God wants to heal some things in here. You had some, Sharon, that raised their hand for Jesus Christ. There, there was a couple kids that just put their hand up for salvation. I'm just saying. Jesus, I want you to repeat this after me. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Jesus, I accept you in my heart. I ask God that you would come into my heart and live there, live there in my heart, God. And even through the narrow place, I pray, God, that you would give me your strength. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. That's good, amen.